This is Joy. And this is Claire. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, wherever you are. Yes. It's morning for us. We got an amazing, oh, JK, you want to come on? If you got your headphones <laughs> in, we could bring you on. Um, we got Tina here. We have our favorites in the chat. I'm so happy that we started doing this. And welcome, everyone. It is December. Every month, we are shocked that time continues to march on. 2022 is almost over. Do you, at your job, do you have to deal with any sort of like budgeting? Okay, so I am have always had this problem where... I when I was a wedding planner, it always threw me off because I was constantly planning weddings in like the upcoming year. And then in the jobs I've had recently, I'm constantly in like the upcoming fiscal year. And then especially working in an apparel company, we are often talking about collections that are like years and years ahead. I have such a hard time remembering what like actual year it is. Cause I'm like, is it 2023 or is it 2020? Are we, are we still in 2022? It feels like I've been like mentally in 2023 for a real long time because I like, we're in like fiscal 23. I'm talking about like fall 24 apparel collections. Like it's just, it's a whole thing. Well, I think about you either, cause I've been talking with some of my clients about this. I'm like, so how's your year end of the year going? Because I feel like you either work at a job where the end of the year gets really busy or the end of the year is like coasting. I feel bad for the people where it's like trying to rush to end of the year stuff. Oh my gosh, my end of the year is a nightmare. Like really? <laughs> an e-com marketing person in an apparel industry. Like our November and December are insane. Our like spring and summer are important, but we pretty much start planning for fall. Like I'm already talking about next fall. Yeah. That has to be such a mind screw. It's, I mean, it's like, it's, you know, you want to plan it like in this, this like go to market cycle, you got to plan ahead, but like it is just, there's no sleep till new year's basically like from the beginning of November through Christmas, it's all hands on deck. Like you don't take vacation. We get time off technically and like the office closes or whatever. But if you're on the any, if you're even like e-commerce adjacent, you know that that comes with a big asterisk of like, unless we need you or unless something goes wrong. Like over Thanksgiving, I was on call all weekend. Like if something on the website didn't, wasn't working or, you know, I, I am like kind of my role, a huge component of it is that. I am basically like the project manager for all of the creative that lives on our website in terms of like marketing stuff. So like anything on the homepage, anything, any of the ads, anything like that, not like our product photos, but kind of everything else. And so like if a landing page like doesn't go up correctly, it's not necessarily that I'm the one that fixes it, but I'm the one who has to sort of like coordinate the fixing of it. Yeah. And you probably didn't feel like you had much of a rest because when you're on call for anything, you're kind of always on alert. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like you're Mm -hmm. not like the kids and Brandon went skiing on Black Friday and I was like, I can't go skiing. Like I could get called at any moment and like I can't be on a chairlift. (laughs) Not to say... Yeah, like have fun. Not to say that like I wasn't like crazy busy that whole time, but I just needed to be available. So yes, um, yeah, yeah, I feel for everyone out there who's November, December fiscal Q three situation or whatever you guys are in. Yeah, I feel for you. Messy. We're just feeling like you're living for the future. Uh, We got some people working in schools doing audits for the year twenty for twenty one twenty two in school year for twenty twenty three and enrolling students for twenty three twenty four. That has to be yeah so bizarre. (laughs) Like where are you? Which year am I in? Yeah. In mental health, it starts to 
die down because everyone, well, it's a couple things. You're either really struggling during the holidays, but most of the time people have plans for the holidays. What we find in behavioral health is people completely forget about their appointments because when their kids are on break, they're out of their own schedule. So when they're out of the routine, they're just like not even thinking about anything other than like trying to manage their kids. So they're like totally space the appointment. So we see a lot of no shows, a lot of like cancellations. And but so I think in behavioral health, depending on where you work, obviously, depending on the setting you work, if you work in like an inpatient mental health hospital, that's a completely different story. But for a job like mine, where it's a lot of like, just outpatient meeting with people for therapy, it gets pretty quiet. Someone at my, in my like manager, I, I should talk about my promotion. I got a promotion a few months ago. I never really talked about it. Someone in my management group, we have like a, we work on Slack, posted this meme that was like, before you send that email, ask yourself, is this a January problem or is this a December problem? <laughs> and I love that that's kind of going on right now. Like everyone's kind of acknowledging, depending on which workspace you're in, like, are you coasting through December? Do we really need to talk about this right now? Because really, after Thanksgiving, everyone's just trying to like manage the end of the year with holidays. And, you know, Scott's end of the year is just completely dead quiet. Like the last two weeks of his December, he's got nothing. He basically just takes yeah. the last two weeks of work or last two weeks of the year off. It's interesting because even though like my particular role is very busy in that time frame, there are plenty of other departments in my company who don't have that scramble because they're not customer facing. So like the product team or, you know, like they do get that downtime and, you know, I get downtime at other times throughout the year where they're really busy. But um, at my last job, our really busy time was like February, March. And so everybody just really turn the lights off in December because they knew they were going to have to like ramp back up kind of mid to late January to go into like the February, March timeframe. So, you know, I think the one thing that I'm grateful for is that even though my like kind of holiday time period is super, super busy, it's also definitely like recognized for being busy. And so, you know, I am able to kind of like take flexibility in other ways. And then with Brandon and nursing, I mean, every anyone out there who works you know, in the medical field or there are a lot of, or, you know, shift working in general, it's really, it takes a while to get enough seniority in your job where you have holidays off or to find the right, you know, the place to work where you have holidays off. And so last year was our first year where Brandon actually had Thanksgiving and Christmas off. Like when he was working in the hospitals, he, you kind of, it was like you have Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and you have to work two of the three. You don't necessarily get to pick which two of the three. And so like we, luckily the kids, we're still young enough that like they didn't really know which day was Christmas to this day. You know, like they wouldn't care either way. Like if we just got to celebrate a Christmas a couple days earlier or later, but it's just nice to have him home to where we, we still don't have like quite enough flexibility for him in that time frame to travel. But it is nice that we can at least go to my mom's house for like Thanksgiving dinner and Brandon's not at work. So um, that is another big factor that I think has made our lives feel less crazy in the last couple of years, even as my life has gotten more, my job has gotten more crazy because Brandon's job has gotten less chill, more chill. I think, you know, I, my father worked for the airlines growing up. And so it's a 24 seven job. So I grew up in that household of being used to scheduling Christmas on different days if my dad wasn't home because um, he couldn't control that. And I think back and I'm like, wow, really just that was our normal of, well, dad can't be here for Christmas. So we're going to do Christmas on Christmas Eve or because he just 
he didn't have the luxury of just being like, well, I'm not going to work on Christmas. Like he had to, and it's all based on seniority. And so I really feel for, I mean, but, uh, but it's also like, that's also your normal. So it's not like people are sad about it. I'm sure that they wouldn't, that they would want to be home on the holiday they celebrate, but it's, it's an interesting time of year, but whatever job you're working in, we appreciate you (laughs) and we will get through this year. Oh my goodness. Oh, okay. So do we want to talk about work real quick? Let me just give a quick update. Yeah. So I have been working, I just hit my year anniversary with Headspace. So I work for Headspace. I was originally hired last year with a company named Ginger. They were acquired by Headspace. Like immediately. Like immediately. So the second I got hired, they were going through this merger. So Headspace now, we, you know, I essentially now work for Headspace, which is the meditation app, but they also have a a kind of segment now that they're doing therapy, online therapy, very similar to BetterHelp and Talkspace. And they're trying to kind of move into that where EAPs will contract with us or really any customers, any um, healthcare, if you have, if your job offers mental health benefits, uh, HR can call Headspace and say, we want to offer our your services to our employees, that type of thing. Which this is a good clarifying point because people are always like, oh, Headspace, I didn't even know they did therapy. This is not, it's not like a better help where like anyone, like a random person off the street can sign up, right? It's like you have to be contracted or have the service available through your employer. It's like a still sort of like a corporate group. Yeah, a little bit. I think some people, you could, yeah, exactly. There's options. People can definitely go and use the Headspace app on their own and subscribe to Headspace. I know right now, that schools, that's really cool. therapy, right? I believe that you can actually use it uh, on your own if you want to pay out of pocket. Most people don't because, and don't quote me on this because I don't know like the front end of everything, but most people don't want to pay out of pocket for for therapy if they have coverage. But anyway, it's, it's an amazing app. I feel very lucky to work for this company. I get to like hang out with the meditation teachers all the time. So like the main, there's like main meditation teachers that are on the Headspace app. And they always come to our meetings and like do a meditation before the company meetings. And one of my favorites is Kasanga. If you go to the Headspace app, Kasanga has the best meditation voice. So the second he comes on a meeting, I'm like, oh, Kasanga's voice just like makes me melt. It's so like deep and soothing. And like, oh, it's so great. It's an amazing company to work for. I feel really lucky. I feel like karma has definitely given me a blessing in the space that I was in before. And now just being in such a healthy workspace where an amazing CEO that kind of walks the walk in terms of what they want from a healthy workplace. Anyway, so I've been I was hired as a therapist. I was doing full-time therapy for uh, about eight, nine months. Then a manager position opened up. So as my life tends to show me, (laughs) I always go for management positions. I really enjoy management. And so this therapy manager position opened up. My boss, who's awesome, was like, you should really go for this. And uh, I applied. It was very competitive. There were a lot of people who wanted that role. And I somehow managed to get that job. So uh, I started September 1st in that role. So now I manage a team of therapists, very similar to what I've been doing most of my career. I really enjoy it because I also get to see patients at the same time, whereas most management roles, you have to kind of pick and do one or the other. But I get to see clients. And that's a really good thing because you kind of get the best of both worlds. So that's what I've been doing. Devin says, love Kasanga, the app's gone weird. So I get a lot of Andy. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, that's so funny. Andy's good too, if you want the, it's like the British accent. I found it really, you know, I haven't thought about what happens with my previous place of employment in a while. I think over time, if you're newer to the show, I'm sure you've heard this ad nauseum over the past couple years, but when I was let go with my other job, I went through this huge <laughs> self-reflection and change and growth and pain. And recently, <laughs> I'm going to just tell the story because I really don't give a shit anymore. But uh, and it kind of goes into the gaslighting topic that I want to talk about in a second. I recently got so I worked for Kaiser Permanente. I really don't care saying their name, but I worked for Kaiser Permanente. Um, they sent me this email recently that was like, please tell us about your experience. It was just probably like a generated. <laughs> it was like, we noticed that you no longer have our insurance. And as an employee, you get free health insurance with Kaiser. It's amazing. Their benefits are really good. I don't have their insurance because I have a new employer because they f***ing <laughs> kicked me out the door. And so I was like laughing so hard at this email and I sent it to Claire. I was like, oh, this is really funny. And I sent it to Sandy too. She's like, you should fill it out. <laughs> um, and it really was like, this is going to go to some random customer service rep that's probably like, I don't really care about this girl's like, experience. And I, you have to imagine, honestly, though, like, I feel like health insurance is such, like, even without, like, a personal backstory of, like, being, like, individually wronged by the company's employment practices, you have got to get so many horror stories. From, like, the only people who are going to respond are going to be like, yeah, you denied me coverage, and I had to like cast my own broken leg at home. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, why? This feels like a terrible idea. <laughs> I know. It's kind of like the whole, like, people usually personally victimized by Kaiser Permanente. <laughs> I mean, and here's the thing there's so many amazing people that work there. And I had nothing but good experiences, except for that endocrinologist who told me that naturopathic medicine wasn't going to work for me. And it did. I had the Best primary care physician. She and was that's not so like a cool. Kaiser thing. That was no. probably like ninety percent of endocrinologists. Exactly, exactly. Like that's their training. Like it's fine. But uh, doctors were phenomenal. Loved them all. So I said I was like raving about the doctors, <laughs> and I basically just is like, would you like to add any other comments? And I just went on to this like this rant where I'm thinking this is where a member per a member services person is going to read this and be like, I have nothing to do with this. She's just a disgruntled employee. So that's the risk of being judged by just saying something like talking about your experience, but then knowing on the other end, it's just going into this dark hole. So like, I know that, but I also, it just was a little bit therapeutic. And even Sandy was kind of like egging me on in the best way. She's like, do it, do it. <laughs> so who knows where it landed, but I basically was like, yeah, your healthcare was amazing. Loved all my doctors. However, here's what happens in the behavioral health system. Here's what they did to me. Uh, and you need to get rid of so-and-so who's like the head of the behavioral health department because she she absolutely sucks. That was a really good like therapeutic moment for me. And it made me realize like through the years, no matter what you've gone through, you can have so many complicated emotions around it. And it's totally fine. I think there's always this pressure that you have to like get, be the bigger person and move on and, you know, <laughs> like 
get over it. And that's always going to be painful for me. It will always be a painful situation of how I was treated at a place where I knew I did good work. I knew I developed really great working relationships. And because of a really small group of bad apples, that was kind of like the reason why, like, I I do feel that they made such a like horrible traumatic event happen in my life. Yeah, of course, two years later, you have the hindsight of being like, I'm in a better place. Everything happens for a reason, blah, blah, blah. Because I've hit a year, because I got that email, all of those things kind of like happened in the, like the same day. Where I'm like, oh, it's my year anniversary with Headspace. I'm such an, I'm in such a good place. And oh, I still have like these weird random Kaiser things that haunt me. I'm still so angry at the group of bad apples that will never change. And they will, yeah, <laughs> it's like, that's never going to change. I'm always going to be angry. I'm never going to talk to them ever again. Like, don't ever want to see their faces ever again. I think it's interesting about like the, yeah, those moments where you have that still kind of like bother you, but they're so in the past, like there's nothing you can do about them anymore. And so are you supposed to like just get over it and like live and let live, just like stop dwelling on it. And I mean, I think there is like a huge part of it that you can't just dwell on it all the time. That's where really saltiness creeps in. But at the same time, it's not always possible to just like, oh, forgive and forget sort of mentality. I had a job interview when I was like 35 weeks pregnant with Evie. It was with like a really, really well-known climate change nonprofit that's really popular. And in that interview, immediately I didn't I ended up not getting the job. And the reason I didn't get the job was because of my pregnancy timeline. And in the in in the interview, he immediately was like, So let's, you know, address totally the obvious, like how how far along are you? Like, you cannot ask that in a job interview. I just like didn't have my wits about me enough at the time to be like, wait, what? And like I so badly, like I work with that organization now at my job because like we're one of their corporate partners and they, it is a very like well-known and it does still really bother me when I think about it. Like, gosh, I can't believe, I mean, first of all, I'm like disappointed that at the time I didn't say anything, but like in the moment, it just wasn't really registering what was happening. And then I'm really just frustrated that like everyone is so crazy about the organization when and back and I know that, like the executive director I don't think I don't know if he meant anything detrimental by it but I'm just like this executive director is just does not support women in the workplace I have to just kind of not think about it yeah that's a really like, yeah I can do about it yeah Right. That's a that's a very similar feeling. It's like I just can't think about it. And mm-hmm. the further I get from it, obviously I'm like, oh, it's so far away. And the, but it's still frustrating when you think back of how and, and this is where kind of like gaslighting comes in. And I want to just brief yeah. really briefly touch on this, but where what you say is going to be misconstrued as like, oh, you're just crazy or you're just being emotional or you're just you're overreacting. whatever, whatever. Overreacting. And and that's where it feels icky because when you're saying things like that to someone who cannot respect your words, that it just feels so frustrating. And so, but I made that choice when I did that online feedback thing. I made a choice knowing that my words were going out into abyss. I have no idea. So that's like one situation. However, you know, back with the Kaiser thing when I was leaving and they were like, ooh, we need you to leave a little bit earlier. Like I was given a week. I don't think I ever talked about this part, but I was given a week. week notice. I led a team of 30 people, mind you, right? They told me on a Monday that my last day was Friday. (laughs) I was like, I'm sorry, what? Um, I have a team of 30 people and you're going to give me uh, five days. And then they 
gaslit me because I was so in an objectively upsetting situation, which I don't know anyone who cared deeply about their job would just be like, okay, guess we're moving on. You know, I was so upset and like out of my mind, confused because they gave me no good reason. I asked for feedback. I asked for like, can you give me some examples? They couldn't. I was just like kind of like thrown, obviously. My boss at the time showed up the next day because word had gotten out that I was crying. (laughs) I laugh now. I'm like, okay, who wouldn't be upset over this when you love your team? Um, So my boss showed up to say, you're, you know, clean out your office. You're leaving right now. You are not fit to work. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Basically saying because I was emotional, I wasn't fit to work. Mind you, like that morning, I had done three meetings for them because I'd already like, they had this huge hiring issue. And I had done three meetings to hire people because I was like, well, I, I got to get this done for you. I'm going to finish out my job. I'm going to finish out the job I was hired to do. Because they were like, well, if you want to take the week off, you can. Like, you don't need to work today. I was like, no, I'm, I'm coming in and I'm finishing on a good note. You're not letting, you're not like taking away my job from me now. Like I'm going to finish on a good note because that will feel good for me. I'm not, and even Scott was funny. He's like, I wouldn't go back in if I were you. And I was like, that's not who I am. I'm not going to just be like, well, screw you. Good luck. I'm like, that just isn't in my character. I wanted to finish the week out on a good note, knowing that I did the best possible job up until the second I left. But because I was like also trying to get the job done and crying because I was sad, my boss showed up. Let's also not forget you ostensibly worked in mental health. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The the irony is not lost on me. Um, Had security roaming the building because I thought I was like some disgruntled employee. Again, like this is so funny to me. So because I was having objectively normal emotions and I wasn't like kicking down doors and throwing things off the walls, mind you. I was being very like quiet about it. I was just in my office slowly packing up things while trying to get meetings done. (laughs) My boss walks in and is like, And it was so funny. I'm going to tell this whole story. Uh, She walks in and she says, I said, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. Like no one has been meeting me face to face through this. Thank you so much for like showing up because she was at a different building. And so she actually showed up in person where everyone was doing all these like Zoom meetings. Like they let me know over a freaking Zoom, (laughs) which was so ridiculous and unprofessional. And so she shows up and I'm like happy to see her because I'm like, oh, finally someone who's going to like confront me in person and like talk, have a conversation with me in person. And she, her face just drops because I was like, thank you so much for showing up um, to talk about like what we have to do for the next week. She, her face just drops and she's like, we're going to put you on administrative leave for the next, the rest of the week and you need to leave now. And I was like, I'm sorry. So then adding, adding like shock upon shock upon shock. I just was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) And then basically like, you're not fit to work. So that's where like this weird gaslighting thing. I was like, oh, they're gaslighting me on top of all of this because I'm upset because of a situation they put me in that's like objectively crazy making. Like, I don't know one person who would handle this with like, sure, great, let's do it. Everyone rah, rah to the end, which I was like trying to meet the like both best of both worlds here. Anyway, so I started like, putting things in my bag because, and I'm crying the whole time. And I totally remember saying, like bawling my eyes out going, and this is so funny, but I like, at the time I was devastated. I just remember putting things in my bag going, this is so mean. You're so mean. You're so mean. <laughs> and cause I was like, I was like, this is just so mean. Uh, did you ever talk to anyone in HR? That's funny, Mackenzie. I'll get to that in a second. So 
I'm like bawling, putting like my lunch away, putting like just like papers that I had that I needed to like just put away in my bag. And she's like, I'm going to have to ask you to stop taking things and leave right now. And I was like, these are my things. (laughs) This is my lunch. These are my papers. Like, because then they think you're stealing stuff. Like, really? I'm like, do I want your f***ing crappy computer? No. And so, so anyway, I leave and I'm like bawling in my car and I'm calling Sandy and I'm calling Scott because I'm like, I can't drive right now. I'm so sick to my stomach, upset that I, then I wasn't allowed. Then I wasn't allowed. Guys, this is crazy. I wasn't allowed back in the building because I was causing unrest. (laughs) I laugh now, but I was just like, you got to be kidding me. So then so they wouldn't let, allow me back into the office to get my things because it would cause additional unrest. Basically what that meant was my team was so livid at how they treated me that they just caused an uproar. But because of this uproar of how they treated me, I was causing unrest. So it was like basically, oh, you're doing such a good job, Joy. You created such an amazing team. You have such a good relationship with them. They are upset of how we treated you. You are causing unrest. So I I couldn't go back to my office to get my things. Scott had to go pick up my things that they dumped out on the curb. (laughs) Can't even believe it. And so I, yeah. And so that day, and I, I knew the reason that it was because I was upset that they like, thought that I was acting unprofessional. That's another word that they used was because I did call HR that day because I was I was terrified. I was like, okay, what is going on? Am I just like, there were some benefits and like severance stuff involved that I was really worried that like this was all going to be taken away from me and like financially, what am I what am I going to do? So I did call HR. I know. People are like, I can't even believe this is happening. I'm like, yeah. And the HR person who, quite frankly, is just bullshit. She was like, well, she, you know, for someone who has to be objective was not objective. She was like, well, they said like during the, the phone call that they had with you when they're kind of like telling me that I was not coming back in this reorganization. First of all, a Zoom call. They said in that phone call that you were really unprofessional and um, that you were upset and that you hung up on them. And I said, that's exactly what I did. And I told them why I hung up on them because I was so upset that I needed to go. So I don't know what to tell you. For someone who's being told the most shocking news of their life when they were doing such good work and had no indication of being let go, that I started crying and I said, I need to go. I need to get off this phone right now because I'm too upset to talk. And I hung up on them. Because I, and I warned them, I said, I can't move this conversation forward right now. I am hanging up. I am too upset because I was just bawling my eyes out. And so then they held that against me. Um, And then I was causing unrest. Anyway, that's just the gaslighting. I was looking up, uh, I know I'm just like moving quickly, but that felt good to to talk about. (laughs) It felt good to kind of purge that. So here's the other great thing. I'm going to give you a little lesson here. I learned a lot from this. First of all, Thank you, Mira. I was, it's still kind of like makes me rage, but also they're just such assholes that I'm like, their karma, their karma was bad. But I was reading in the skim that gaslighting is the 2022 word of the year, but do you know what it really means? I just wanted to, I want to reiterate it because it is thrown around quite loosely. And also I like the origin story of it. And then I'll get to the last part of this and then we'll move on with our ad. And then we're going to talk about Balenciaga. (laughs) Okay. So the term was started in 1938 
from a play turned movie called Gaslight. It's about a woman who notices, this is from theskim.com. It's about a woman who notices the gaslights at home dimming, even though her husband tells her they aren't. More than eight decades later, searches for the word gaslighting increased almost 2000% in 2022 from the previous year. So the psychology definition is it's a form of emotional manipulation that's characterized by denying a person's reality experiences or perceptions. So basically, when someone makes you question what you believe to be true. I have been talking a little bit with some friends about like the differences between gaslighting versus like, no, what you're talking about did not actually happen. Like gaslighting versus telling different perspectives versus like, no, actually I am correcting you because your representation of what you're saying actually is inaccurate. And I think gaslighting is one of those terms that is thrown around a lot. One thing I think it's interesting. I was talking to my therapist about this a couple months ago, but take us to the grain of salt because I ended up firing my therapist. Um, is that she was saying that like gaslighting is something it's it's not really considered gaslighting unless it's done somewhat intentionally. That like if somebody is has a different version of events and the way that they're talking to you about it, like you're trying to reconcile your different versions of events, that's not the same thing as somebody say like intentionally leading you to believe that what you're thinking is false so that they can so that you like get confused and drop your drop right. the fight or you know whatever yeah like a, and it's I just like that, a mind screw right and i think that that's something that a lot of people get because gaslighting is like kind of a trendy term but also sort of like a new concept of i think it is like empowering to think oh wait a minute if somebody is making me feel like the way that i'm feeling is incorrect and that mm-hmm. is then making me question my own self like I think that's a wake-up call for a lot of people. Like, oh, that's something that actually can happen. It's not in my head. I'm not just overly emotional. I'm not just irrational. I'm not just, you know, overreacting. And so having a word for it to name, like, this is what's happening to me, I think um, it also has led to people kind of over uh, over-diagnosing <laughs> what gaslighting is actually happening. I think we talked about this a little while ago, too, with like the, the term trauma or the word trauma that a lot of times people will be like, oh, that was traumatic. And it's like, I mean, or that's a trauma response. And it's like, okay, I'm not saying that like bringing more awareness to what that is isn't good, but that doesn't make everything traumatic. It doesn't make everything a trauma response. We've talked a little bit about how like TikTok therapists and social media therapy is kind of this interesting push and pull because on the one hand, like, yeah, it's great to raise awareness about different issues and bring up potential diagnoses to people who, you know, might recognize themselves in a set of behavior just mean and then they go and take that information go talk to their own doctor or their own therapist of like hey I never really thought about I think a big one right now is ADHD like I never really thought about ADHD this way um I'd like to talk more about it because this really resonates with me versus the people who are like oh that person has ADHD they have a lot of things that I do I have ADHD. I think it comes down to with gaslighting or someone mentioned mentioned saying like triggered is very overused too what it comes down to is you being validated for the emotions that you're having. When someone else is telling you how to feel or how you should feel or that your feelings are wrong, that's when you pay attention of going, people will question it. And that's why I think a lot of women especially are vulnerable to gaslighting is because we often 
question our feelings when we had the conversation a couple weeks ago about like being the more emotional one in the partnership we tend to think not everyone this is not everyone but like we tend to think that if you're more emotional that's a bad thing so when someone is like you're just being emotional or you're just being over dramatic we're like well I guess I am instead of your feelings being validated and I will say it till I die is like ever your feelings are valid now it's not to say that you you can just leave it at that. I think a two-way conversation is always helpful to not just be like, well, this is just how I feel. And that is that you're kind of doing the same thing in a backwards way, but it's just to say, let me process through this with you of why and take it a step further. But anyway, I just think like it all ties very much into the same lane of being triggered or being, or when you're being gaslit, but understand what that means is it's an invalidation of feelings, twisting reality, you know, deflecting responsibility. So just like that is kind of the core of all of those things. But when someone's like, oh, you're just being triggered. I I hate that, especially in social media for people to do this backwards way of being like, well, I'm going to put this content out. And if you're triggered, that's too bad. (laughs) I, I hate that so much. Yeah, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, the like taking responsibility for the stuff you post. But yeah, I think I think it's again, like it's good to like have the awareness to have that additional vocabulary. And I think that it is creating a wake up call in a lot of people of like, oh, wow, this has been happening to me. And I always knew it felt bad, but I didn't really have the words to put to it. Or, you know, going back to like the ADHD or whatever, or, you know, I think even like depression, anxiety, I know that a lot of people, it's really common, not really common, but it's especially um, in the postpartum period, like to hear someone describe postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety can be very validating because that Mm -hmm. time period is so chaotic that, you know, you just know, like, I don't feel the way I thought I was going to feel, but I can't really describe it or I don't really have the words for it. And then you hear someone else describe it and you're like, oh, that's what that was. Right. So it can be really helpful. But then there is also the flip side of it of like taking it too far or deciding that that now relates to like everything in your life or that explains everything. And now you just like are marching around stamping everything with like the gaslighting stamp. Right, right. Let's take a quick break. I want to give one really quick tip that Sandy gave to me that I it was so valuable around this like HR thing. And then we'll move on. JK is waiting for us to talk about (laughs) Balenciaga. We keep this is where the podcast just goes off the rails. But let's take a quick break and talk about our amazing sponsors, Ned. I just got the Should I Chai and I am so excited. Ned is our sponsor for life. We love them so much. And they have a new product called the Should I Chai. I just got it in the mail last week. I tried it. I am not kidding when I say that I'm obsessed with this product. So it's a mellow Shut Eye Chai blend. It's like a latte mix. Very similar to if you go to like any chai drink where it's like a blended mix. So the mellow super blend latte for sleep combines adaptogens, aminos, functional mushrooms, and magnesium, the best ingredients out there. And it is flavored like a masala chai inspired spice. So it's like cinnamon, clove, ginger, very warming, very like just so cozy. Just imagine like this. It's like a heated weighted blanket in a cup that's just going to help you chill out your body and fall asleep. I didn't realize this, but Ned told us that 70 million Americans have chronic sleep issues and 50% of Americans deal with sleep deprivation. So chances are, if you're listening to this, you have definitely had a hard time falling asleep at some point in your life. And maybe this is something that is chronic and recurring for you. We love having these more natural tools in our toolbox. As we always talk about, you know, this is not always a substitute for pharmaceuticals, but we love having the option to utilize natural 
ingredients like magnesium, like adaptogens, like functional mushrooms to help our bodies just find a little bit more balance and it might help us get a little bit better sleep. For me, it definitely helps me chill out. And the biggest thing that I've always talked about that it really helps me do is stay asleep versus like waking up, you know, a couple hours after I've fallen asleep and not being able to go back to bed. It's the stay asleep. They also, uh, the shut eye chai does not contain CBD, caffeine, melatonin, or dairy. I have a sleep number bed. And so I always keep track of my sleep number scores. I think a lot of people like you can do it with an app, but I always like to get like a good score when I sleep. It's only been a few nights, but I've been sleeping pretty darn great. I mean, we're in the 80s and 90s, so my sleep score is really high. I feel very proud of that. But it's so good. And they they sent us, I don't know if this is on the website, but they sent us this little like frother. So if you have a milk frother. I love a frother. I've been using it. I've been mixing it with instead of water because I want like a more creamy texture. I've been mixing it with my almond milk. No, my oat milk. It is just so divine. It feels really good when you're like about to go to bed and like you've been doing with your mellow or you have like this little ritual where you know that like sleep is being supported. You're on the way to dreamland. You're going to have like your warm cozy drink. So you can try Shut Eye Chai or any of Ned's amazing products. We love all their stuff. It's all third-party tested, super high quality. We just trust this company so much. You can try any of their products at helloned.com and you can use discount code JOY for 15% off. So that's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com. Go to forward slash JOY or use discount code JOY for 15% off. Thank you so much for supporting the brands that support our podcast. And we hope that you try the Shut Eye Chai and get some fantastic sleep. Really quick before we move on to Balenciaga with JK. I'm so excited to talk to JK. This is a fun little surprise. See, you never know what's going to happen. If you join the chat, you might get invited to the stage. Okay, so really quick to wrap up because this was such a helpful tool when I was talking to Sandy. So like after this all happened with Kaiser, I remember just feeling so unfulfilled with like how it ended and like my legacy there ended on such a poor note. And I was like felt like I was doing, you know, I'm the type of person that works really hard, does a really good job, wants to do the best type A. So the fact that this felt like such a like poor ending, I was like, this type of stuff doesn't happen to me. And so I wanted some type of like weird closure. And so like a couple days later, um, oh, 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 so okay, so before anything happened. So after all this was going down, Sandy said, Joy, take this advice or leave it. But what I've found is that people who do this, when this type of thing happens in their workplace, they move on quicker. It just like there's a closure to it. They're able to move on quicker. Take it or leave it. I need you to write a letter of exactly what happened. I'm going to read over it for you. I'm going to edit it for you. I'm going to put it in like all the HR. It's going to look like an HR, a letter that's going to go to HR. And then you will send this to HR to say, please put this in my employee file. And she's like, it's basically your cap to what happened, your period to the story. And they can't write anything else about what happened because that is your word, you you have the final say. This is totally normal, people do it all the time, they just don't know about it. So I want you to write this letter and I will edit it. So I wrote this letter, basically just saying kind of what I just told you of, I started with this great job, I loved working there, these are all the positives, here's the account of how this went down. Here's where kind of almost like an opinion of like, here's my experience. Here's where I think it could have been done better. I know I did a good job. I hope they bring on someone great. Yeah, like a debrief. Really, a debrief. Exactly. I was like, I hope this team, this team really deserves an amazing manager. So I hope that you get someone who's going to do that for them. It's That's what they deserve. And it was a great letter. I felt so good about it. Sandy made it sound even better. And I sent it to HR. And so I highly recommend that you do this. Now, here's the other thing. 
I then got an email from HR saying, thank you so much for handling this with such grace. We would love to have an exit interview with you. I was like, oh my God, they want an exit interview? I finally get to say what I want to say. And so I told Sandy, I was like, they want to do an exit interview. She's like, hold the phone. I need you to drop everything. Don't you dare do that exit interview. And I said, why? She's like, do it if you want. Obviously you have a choice, but here's why you don't do it. It is their way of trumping everything you just put in that letter because they're going to say if there's ever like something that you need to come back on, they're going to have the final period. They're going to like put the period over your period of saying, well, she was fine in this exit interview. Everything was agreed upon and there are no existing problems. Like it's like their way of smoothing everything over because they know they fucked up. And I was like, oh, here I am thinking that this is a good thing, but it's actually a bad thing. And I have a, quite a few friends who work in HR and I ran it by them and they said, that's exactly what we're doing when that happens. It's a cover our asses. And I was like, oh my God, I felt even like more manipulated. So I just wrote back and I said, I feel really good about how this has ended. Thank you anyway. Nope. Bye-bye. Sneaky. <laughs> yeah. Icky. Mom Sandy is the best. She literally knows all the things. It is so true. She's the best. She's the best person to have in my life. Okay. So do we want to talk about Valencia? Yeah, let's bring someone else on to talk about this because I I have not been tracking. I am not. I don't really consume media in this way. Do you know at all what happened? Yes, I do vaguely. But I, I don't I feel like I don't know enough other than to be like, oh, wow, that seems objectively problematic. I don't know enough to like talk more intelligently about it than that. While we're bringing JK on, I just want to tell the story of taking Evie Joan to Disney on Ice. Last night, we went to Disney on Ice. It was super cute. A work perk that I have is that our company has a box at the like main kind of Dis- uh, Denver indoor event center where like the Nuggets play. And you can, they do a lottery every month where you can sign up for the different events you want to go to. And then, you know, if you get the lottery, whatever, you get the tickets. So we got picked in the lottery to go to Disney on Ice. And like halfway through Disney on Ice, Evie decided that the performing was not up to her standard. So she left her seat and just like went back into like the little kind of kitchen area in the box seat and just had a full on dance party with her by herself (laughs) for the entire half of the show, second half of the show. And was like, so like, if you looked at her, she was like, don't look at me. I'm dancing. Oh, that's so funny. Eventually she started like letting me kind of like, I could at least like turn around and like check on her, but she'd be like, no, don't look at me. I'm dancing. Oh, that's so cute. So funny. She's just every time I like go out in public with that girl, I'm just like, oh my gosh. This yeah. Could you be more of like a main character? Oh, I love it. So funny. It really is. It's Evie's world. And the other fun thing that we did yesterday was Miles had another karate tournament in the morning. And if you guys remember the last time he had a karate tournament afterwards, I was talking about like, how do you like encourage your kid that like you want them to try really hard and win, but like winning's not important, but like it is important if they win and you want them to hold themselves to a high standard, but like not really. It's just the competitive sports parenting is not something that I'm used to. And, you know, he only has a tournament every like six months, so I'm not getting that much practice. And also it kind of makes it so that the tournaments hold quite a lot of weight because they're only twice a year. It's not yeah. like he has a game every week. And they look like really of, big and there's a lot yeah. going on. Like if I was- There's like, a lot going on. I would, I feel like I'd be really scared to walk into that and do a competition. That's pretty, that's a lot of pressure. Good for him. They they do a great job of making it very approachable. Like you're in your ring, which is only, you know, 10 or 12 people and it's all people in your age group that are your same like or similar belt level. And the instructors 
are the, the people who judge are also just like the karate instructors for the most part. And so they're familiar and they try, they do their best to make it as low pressure as possible, but it's still like, you know, you have to get up there in front of all these people and do your thing. And the last time that we did it, the arc of Miles in karate and his first karate class, he wouldn't even go out onto the mat. Like he was so freaked out. The very first drill they started doing, he didn't know what it was. And he was like so embarrassed to not know what it was that he just basically like started crying and ran off the mat. And the instructor, the head instructor who was amazing, like took him into the back, did like a whole kind of little mini class them to build his confidence up, brought him back out. The first tournament that he did, he was so nervous he wouldn't even warm up. And he we like barely got him out onto the mat to do the actual tournament component. And then yesterday he was like, yeah, this is fine. So it's just like been really cool to see the arc of how he has been able to deal with yes, the pressure. And I they, think that's amazing. Like, the other thing about Miles, we've had it, we've been having him go to like a play therapist for every other week for the last probably like four or five months. And it's made a huge difference. He over the summer was having basically like panic attack. They started out, it looks like they would start out kind of as tantrums, but then they would sort of evolve into what very much looked like panic attacks. And so we, we sought out a play therapist and it's been helping him so much. And I think I don't, you know, I don't go into the sessions, obviously. I don't really even ask Miles about them too much because I don't want to like, I want that to be his thing. We have met with a therapist, but what she talks about is just sort of like over, like overarching kind of observations and trends and things they're working on. She doesn't specifically dive into the specifics mm-hmm. unless she has to, like, again, to kind of honor Miles' privacy. And, but it's, I think what they do in there for the most part is like play games that intentionally put him in a frustrating situation. And then she helps him like talk through it in the moment. Like he doesn't realize that that's what's, that, that, that that's what's happening, but she's helping him like kind of process through having like an anger response and then how to kind of work through that. Yeah. It's been really, it's been really fascinating, you know, for somebody who's seven to go through yes. that. Yes. That's so great. So proud of him. It's so fun to watch those videos when you post them. I know. It's so great. Well, let's dive into the convo. So a couple weeks ago, Balenciaga did an ad, uh, an ad campaign that was really controversial. They did a holiday ad campaign featuring children holding teddy bears in bonded harnesses and costumes. So it was kind of like this BDM accessory, which apparently was also on the runway at their show at Paris Fashion Week. It was just like this all of a sudden, kind of, you're looking at these kids holding these stuffed animals in bondage going, okay, this feels really icky. This feels really icky. This feels really inappropriate. Like a huge controversy came up. And of course, like they were pulling the ads and that type of thing. So I think it kind of like just brought up this larger question of like, okay, uh, at what point do we say that do people have the the um the defense of like well this is an art and this is like how you interpret it I'm like yeah but you're kind of crossing a line when you're bringing children because there's such an issue around child sexual exploitation child predators like we're on the in the land of social media where predators have access to children like that you don't mess around with. And so that was like kind of what everyone's been talking about the past week, week and a half. And my question is, there's hundreds of people working on a campaign. Like Claire, you know what goes into like working on campaigns. How does this get the green light? How does this get the green light? How? I know. I feel like this has got to be a situation where like everything was sort of approved separately and like they didn't ever really sit down and think like, what's this going to look like all together? I also think it's interesting. Um, you know, I think questions of like consent come into it and of like kids who pr- they probably barely understood what was even, you know, like they don't look at that stuff and think like, oh, this is like a kinky thing. 
that doesn't mean that that's not what other people aren't seeing when they look at it for sure. Right. And so, yeah, I think like that's just something that a lot of people then kind of go to the celebrities that are paid millions of dollars to be in these campaigns. And then like, if you were a celebrity being paid millions, wouldn't you step out? I mean, a lot of people, I don't know, a lot of the names, there was like some country singer's wife that was like, had bags of her Balenciaga clothes that she was throwing out and like cut ties. But I think the biggest pressure because she's such a larger name is Kim Kardashian. And she is tied to that brand. And so everyone was like, if she doesn't come out and say something, you know, everyone's just kind of like waiting to cancel. Everyone wants that reason. So she did come out and make a statement, but I just thought, uh, yeah, Brittany Aldean. Thank you, Mackenzie. Uh, I'm like, I know it's like a Jason Aldean's wife. So anyway, a lot going on in the world. That is something that I think that as you're doing some type of like campaign, can someone just raise their hand and be like, might this be a little crossing the line? I mean, in the sake of art, there's a line. <laughs> there's always a line. But speaking of lines, and I think JK is um, going to be sad that he, for whatever reason, our audio wasn't working today, which is fine. We love you, JK. We'll bring you on and we'll figure it out. But I know that he would also want to weigh in the fact that Kanye got banned from Twitter, that Elon has a line, apparently. And the line is Kanye West with his, his anti-Semitic words. I mean, horrifying. Like the amount of anti-Semitism that it is normalizing for people, that it's giving people a bandwagon. I mean, that is one conversation that I have been tracking a little bit more. And I feel like there's so much to dig into there, but just like the mental health thing where people are like, well, he's unwell. And it's like, okay, but that doesn't, like there are a million people out there who have mental health problems. It's not, that's not a reason to say that it's, you don't get a pass to be a bigot because you have a mental health diagnosis. The fact that this is like, he is seen as this, diverse cultural icon and he is being so anti-Semitic. It is terrifying. And the bandwagon that he has created for people to jump on, I mean, if you look at the comments for two seconds at any of those things, is terrifying. I can't believe that it has not been that it was like allowed to go on as, even as long as it was on Twitter. I can't believe more people are not like vehemently, vehemently speaking out against him. Like if you have ever, if you are a politician or a celebrity, like I just, I don't know why any of this is getting any airtime for anyone to say anything other than like, this has to be stopped. And I can't believe this is happening. And this is like horrifying. Well, it's, you know, this is what makes me sad. And we're not going to end on a sad note, but just like to cap this is it's all about money. And it's all about attention. Kanye then went on Mr. Jones, and I hate, can't even say his name, um, show. And he was dressed in like a full on bodysuit, like covered, covering his face, you know, like a kind of like when Kim wore that whole black thing that everything was covering her whole body. He had like that over his face. So you can even see his face. And he was talking some very, very horrible. Oh, it's just so bad. It's just so bad. It's just so bad. But anyway, I what I always go to is someone who says things like that. You cannot be mentally well, or at least there are people around you who are not because he's got such so much money and power. People around you are yes people, that they are not questioning you. I feel the same way about Trump. He's got mental health issues. People around him just want the money and power. It happens to all of those people that I think at some point they're, they will have a downfall. And hopefully it's not like hurting people or that traumatic. But it's something to be seen. I think, you know, I've been off Twitter for quite some time just because I feel like it's a dumpster fire and I don't like that platform. But I was curious and quite surprised to see Elon kick 
Kanye off. Yeah, I mean, in this case, I think it is hurting people. Like it, you know, you hope that it doesn't, but in, this has already caused so much harm to the Jewish community to have those anti-Semitic beliefs given such a big platform in a time where hate crimes are increasing. And yeah, it's just, it's intense. Well, again, kind of an intense note to end on. Let's do a couple really super quick updates from the chat. My taking a wild right turn that almost feels like a little bit um, inappropriate. My ceiling project went great. Uh, 10 out of 10 would recommend the paint sprayer. I was really worried about it because you have to like plastic, you have to drop cloth through your walls. And I was like, there's no way the ROI on this is going to be positive because the amount of like and prep time it's taking. Like- Full on paint, full gear. paint suit, full of like a Tyvek suit, yeah. Because you have to, you have like a paint sprayer, like it's getting everywhere, yeah. And you have to spray paint, you have to drop cloth everything in your house. And I was like, the amount of time it's taking to prep is not going to make up for the amount of time that it like that we're saving by spraying them instead of just rolling them on. But I was, I was proven wrong. The sprayer was so efficient. We got the entire main floor ceilings painted in like under an hour, and it was like went on so even. I would absolutely do it again. We are still in the middle of like repainting our walls because of the stuff from the asbestos, the like solvent that stained the walls. Uh, but that is kind of, well, it feels like a little bit more of an approachable project. You kind of just like work on that as you go. Lindsay asked, would you rather be Santa or Rudolph? I think I'm going to have to go with Rudolph. Santa feels like a pretty high pressure job. <laughs> I was like, I just want to be Rudolph so I can fly. I just want to be the one also who like, leads the sleigh with my red nose. I was watching Elf the other day and I was just like, oh, it's such a great, so so pure Will Ferrell. Although sometimes I get a little weirded out because he seems like so much older than Cutie Patootie, what's her name, that plays his girlfriend. Zoe Deschanel. Thank you. I always felt like yeah, he was a little too is. old to be kissing her. <laughs> But I'm like, he really wasn't that old in that movie. I think he just like looks old. But that pair always kind of made me feel weird. Okay. Um, (laughs) Spirited would have been better as a non-musical. Yes, I did watch Spirited. I didn't love it. Like it was just, first of all, first of all, Scott made the funniest comment when I turned it on. He's like, man, Apple just threw a bunch of money at Will and Ryan and said, have fun. Like tons of money that this was a huge production. And so he's like, this is what Apple's money can do. It just is. It's a huge musical. There are just numbers after numbers of dancers and flashing. And so it's really fun to watch. But after 10 minutes of that, I'm like, okay, let's get to the story. But then the whole time it's like, like dancers and music and singing and like, I wanted a little bit more of like a narrative story, but then everyone would just burst into song. And I'm like, okay, after the 15th time, if I was watching Rent, fine. Because I know all the songs, but I think that that's what they were going for is like wanting it to just be a movie that everyone like learns the songs. But like, these are way too many songs. Like, I I don't, I have no more space in my brain for musical Christmas movie or Christmas songs. <laughs> the ratio of songs was too high. Yeah, too high. So that's I really agree with funny. Lindsay's take on that. But anyway. All right. That's it for this week. We got to wrap up. Thank you so much for spending an hour with us. Thank you to everyone in the chat for spending your Sunday morning with us. Don't forget, you can join us in the live chat during our episodes. We post the link in our Instagram stories the night before. And if you are not on Instagram, but you still want to join, feel free to send us an email and we will try to remember to email the link to you. You can find us on Instagram at joyandclaire underscore. You can email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. You can go to our website, joyandclaire.com. Don't forget to support our sponsor, Ned. Try out the new Shut Eye Chai and just get like a cozy little hug in a cup. 
That is helloned.com, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash joy or use this code joy for 15% off your order. Thank you so much for being here. Happy December. We will talk to you next week. Thank you everyone in the chat. I love everyone in the chat so much. It just makes my day to be able to have like live feedback while we're talking. So Yay. also if you want to like come on the show, like we were trying to bring JK on today, but we will definitely have that option in the future. If you have some, uh, if you want to just join, literally join the convo. If you want to get brought up on stage. Yes. Bye. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Bye. Bye.